You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Rock Fellowship. We're so glad that you uh, are spending this time with us. Thank you so much, Kalia. She's very talented. Not only can she sing, but she can move tables like the best of them. Um, want to welcome everybody here in this room. Want to welcome uh, those, of, uh, those of you who are watching online as well. Uh, if you're in Arizona, if you're in Alaska, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, we are starting a brand new series. It's a three-part series um, today, which is a great day. It means it's a great day to be at church if you've never been here before or if you're watching for the very first time because we're all on the same page. We're all in the same place. We're starting together. And the series is called Some Good News. Some Good News, which sounds great, right? I feel like, did you, get, did you guys ever just kind of like roll throughout the week and you're like, man, I could just use some good news in my life? You kind of look at the news and then there's all these bad news. You, you look on your feed and just a bunch of bad stuff. I could use some good news. I could use some positivity in my life. So for the next three weeks, this is our topic, some good news. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some of you will not really like what I have to say in this series. Some of you are not going to really enjoy this series because although we're talking about some good news, the things that I'm going to share, the things that I'm going to challenge you to do, you're not going to hear it. And the reason why is because in this series, I'm going to be very straightforward and honest with you, I am going to be asking a lot from you, okay? I'm going to be asking a lot from you. I'm going to be asking more from you than possibly that I have done in really any other sermon, I'm asking a lot from you, and that's why some of you are going to be like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. And to be honest, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not naive. I know many of you will not do any of the things I ask you to do in this series because it's tough. It's challenging, and I don't know. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to, most of you will like what I have to say, but you're not going to like what I'm asking you to do. But God put this message on my heart, and this is the way we're going for the next three weeks. Thankfully, it's only three weeks, so maybe, maybe you'll be okay because it's pretty short compared to the other series that we've preached in this church. So here's the thing. This series, though, is not really about this series. What we're talking about for the next three weeks, the point and the focus is actually not what happens here in the next three weeks. The purpose of this series is what's going to happen in October, so let me explain to you guys why. In October, Pastor Jonathan and I have been talking about this. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh, in fact, the plans for what's happening in October came earlier in the spring of this year, in 2021. In October, the first week of October, we are going to produce and drop a six-part YouTube series for people to watch. It's going to be a series of six videos that are short. And, and this, is the, this is the audience. Let me, let me put it on the screen. This is the audience. It is the secular postmodern person who lacks biblical literacy but is open, not hostile to exploring the intersection between science and spirituality. So it's a six-part video series directed to people who are secular, postmodern, who don't really know much about the Bible. They don't go to church. They're, they wouldn't consider themselves Christian, but they're curious and open to exploring the intersection between science and spirituality. And we're hoping that just people will watch. And so, so as, as I'm explaining this, you're kind of like, okay, I think I know what you're doing. I think I know what you're doing. And by the way, this whole series that we're going to be producing, it's not something I created. It's not something that I made up. In fact, it's actually Ty Gibson, if you guys know who that is, from, the, from Arise, from Storyline Church in Eugene, Oregon. 
very interna international speaker. He created the content, but is also licensed by the North American division. So it's good admin stuff. Like, you don't have to be worried. I didn't make it. I'm not going to be saying anything crazy. But it's going to be geared towards that group, that kind of of people. And so let me tell you the concept here. The concept of this series, which I haven't given it a name yet, which is very important to me. I got to be very careful and take the time I need. But this is the kind of the idea. The six-part series presents gospel truths through, media, through the medium of science, reason, and scripture. The key concept is that human beings are psychologically, socially, and biologically engineered for giving and receiving love as a fundamental fuel for our flourishing. And suggest that all of our common cravings are penultimate to the ultimate craving, which is the craving for relationship with the source of all goodness and love, the God who created us in his image. That's kind of the point, and that's kind of the focus. So um, it's not a series that's meant to be done in church. It's meant to be done on a secular, in a secular place, in a neutral, neutral space. And so we're going to drop this series on YouTube in October and this sermon series for the next three weeks to some good new series is about getting us ready. Now, like I said, some of you guys know what this is. And to use other terms and other language, this is our efforts for evangelism. This is evangelism. It just maybe looks different than evangelism that you've seen, especially in our churches. But this is our evangelistic effort for this year to put out this series. Now, as we, as we go through the next few weeks, what you have to understand is that my goal, my goal is to prepare you to take part and partner with us in this effort, okay? So today what we're talking about in the series, Some Good News, is we're going to expand and deepen our understanding of what we call the gospel. And the question I want you to be thinking right now is, what is the gospel, and I think that we all probably have similar views, but maybe a little bit different in different ways. But I want to show you today that the gospel is probably bigger and better than you ever imagined. And that it is, it is truly good news that we get to share this news with other people. Because evangelism, some people are like, I'm not about that. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to go to the streets with a sign and a megaphone, right? I, I totally get that. Um, but when we understand the gospel as Jesus understood the gospel, it is a beautiful thing that I think is going to change the way you think about evangelism and sharing the gospel. Next week's message is my favorite message of the entire series, right? Because it involves food. So I want to invite you guys back to that, my favorite one of the, of, of the series. And then the third week of the series, the last one, we're going to be dealing with how, to, you, how you can talk about your faith in a natural, comfortable, and enjoyable way. Doesn't that sound awesome? A way to talk about faith where you won't make other people freak out, you won't look like a crazy person, you won't be over-aggressive, you you'll just be sharing. We're going to talk about how to talk about our faith in a way that is consistent with the way Jesus viewed the gospel and is much more enjoyable than I think what we often would think of when we talk about speaking about our faith. So that's what we're doing for the next three weeks. I'm excited about this. Like I said, I'm going to be asking a lot of you. I'm going to share one of those things at the end of the message, but in every single week, there's going to be something I'm asking of you. And if you're watching online, you can participate in this because this effort is not going to be happening in our church. It's going to be happening on YouTube. So you will be able to participate and invite people around you, whether you're in Alaska, Arizona, wherever you're watching from, 
to join us in this. So um, as we begin this series, some good news, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for just putting this on my heart. And God, you know how excited but kind of nervous I am about this series. And um, in this day and age, it's hard to talk about evangelism in this secular world. Um, but I pray, God, that you would expand our understanding, you would deepen our minds, um, perspective on what the good news is. So please be with us, speak to us, and bless us, Lord. Name we pray. Amen. In 2019, two years ago, there was a study that came out by the Barna Institute. If you don't know what the Barna Institute, it's, it's this uh, organization that, that does studies based on like spiritual religious trends in America. Um, and they did a, a, uh, a study on evangelism and sharing the gospel and, and preaching the gospel to people. And here's what they discovered. And, and when, they, when this news came out, it was kind of a big deal within Christian leadership circles. And the first thing that they discovered was that about 97% of American Christians believe that it is an important part of the Christian life to share the gospel with people, to share the good news, to do evangelism, whatever that looks like. That, that's a part of the life, that God has called us to do that. So 97% of all American Christians said, we should share the gospel. That's the Great Commission. We're commanded to. But the study revealed, and this was the big thing, that almost half, 47% of millennial Christians, agreed at least somewhat that it is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. That it's not just uncomfortable, it is wrong. It is morally wrong for you to share your beliefs with someone so that they would accept that and, and take on those beliefs themselves. Almost 50% of millennial Christians, and this, is, this was at the time people between the ages of about like 20 to 36 in that, that range, that half of those Christians, professed believers going to church, you know, believed that it was wrong to say, hey, this is what I believe. Maybe you'd believe it too. And I'm assuming that as I share that, you have one of three reactions right now. The first reaction is you're surprised. And you're like, what? It's wrong? Like, what do you mean it's wrong? No, man, it's like gospel. Like, it's Jesus. It's love. Like, that's good stuff. Like, we got to share that. I, I, how can you say that it's wrong? That's one reaction. The second reaction is you're not surprised. And you're like, yeah. And you're not surprised because you probably agree with that. Like, dude, I'm not going to do that, man. That's, like, very uncomfortable. What people believe is their beliefs. What I believe is my belief. Who am I to put my beliefs? I'm not going to cram my beliefs, my faith down anyone's throat. Like, that's not right. You can't do that to people. So you agree with that, and so you're not surprised. And the third option, or the third reaction, I think, is that you're surprised, but you understand. You're like, really? But I get it, because I'm not going to do it. Like, I get, I, I get why you would think that. I, I'm surprised that you actually believe that, but I understand because that whole idea of sharing the gospel, talking to someone about your faith, like, you know, you're on the airplane and, you, you know, we hear these stories. You're on an airplane, you meet a stranger, you talk to them and, like, tell them about Jesus, whatever, or your barber or whatever, right? Like, that whole scenario is terrifying to you, and you're like, I get it. I understand why, I wouldn't, why you wouldn't want to do it because I really wouldn't want to do it either. So if you are in kind of groups two and three, I'm really speaking to you. I'm speaking to you if you're kind of like, you know what, I understand that. And maybe I agree with that to some 
some degree, and I don't think I can actually engage in that. If that's where you are, I'm speaking to you today. And I'm speaking to you not to convince you to, like, after church, go to the street, make a big sign, and pull out a megaphone and start preaching the gospel on the street corners. Like, I'm not telling you to do this so you can go to work and just start try to proselytize and convert people everywhere you go. I'm talking to you because I believe, I think, that the reason that many of us are averse to sharing the gospel with people is because we misunderstand the gospel. That we actually, what we think of the good news of Jesus Christ, what we think of as the gospel, and what we are called to do as preaching the gospel, the reason we're so uncomfortable with that idea is because we don't really understand what the gospel is. And what I think is if we understood what the gospel really was according to Jesus, you might have a difference of opinion. You might change your perspective because that's what happened for me. Because I kind of understood the kind of the hesitance and the kind of the, 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 the nervousness about trying to share the gospel with somebody. Like, you know, it, it always happens to me when I get a haircut. And, you know, in Portland, it's really hard to find someone that's going to cut my hair well, right? Amen, right? Like, it's hard to find a person that's going to cut Asian hair really well in Portland. So I go to a bunch of different barbers all the time until I can find that person. And inevitably, we always have the same conversation. And they're cutting their hair, Right? And we talk about their job. I ask them about how long they've been working here. And they always ask, so, what do you do? And there's always like a moment where I'm like, all right, let's see what they're going to say. I'm a pastor. And the reactions can go from, cool, that's awesome. Like, where do you pastor at? And it's like, oh, great. Or, what's that? What's a pastor? Or, the, the, my favorite and when I say favorite, I mean least favorite, is, oh, cool. So how, how tight do you want these sides, right? Like, how much do you want me to cut off the top? There's like that kind of like nervousness when you have that conversation or you feel that conversation is coming up. But I think that if we change and understand the gospel in the way Jesus wanted us to understand it, as it did for me, I began to think, this is actually so beautiful, this is amazing. I actually really want to share this with people. And so that's what we're going to do today is we're going to try to understand what the gospel really is. So the gospel as mo most people understand it, and maybe this is how you understand and what you think of when I say the gospel is this. You are a sinner. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. If you believe and accept his sacrifice, you will go to heaven when you die. Right? Like, that's true. That's absolutely true. That's what we believe as the gospel. Four things, right? Like, and, and some people call it the four spiritual laws. You are a sinner. Jesus came to this earth. He died for your sins. He took on your sins, your penalty. If you accept him as the son of God, believe in him as your savior, accept that gift of salvation, then when you die, he will give you eternal life. Right? John 3.16. That's in the Bible. That's the gospel. But here's my question. What if there's more to it than that? What if there is more to the gospel than that? What if the good news is actually better than just that? You're like, what do you mean? How could it be better than the, the idea of eternal life in heaven? What if it is better than that? And I want to ask a more haunting question. What if the gospel Jesus preached is different than the one we believe? I think you'd want to know that. 
if the gospel Jesus himself preached, what if it's different than the one that we actually believe and say this is the gospel? I think you would probably want to know. And I think you would, you would be changed and your mind and your perspective would be different if you did. So that's what we're focusing on today. So I want to share with you guys just a real quick message on one verse of the Bible where Jesus tells us what the gospel is. And here it is, all right? It's in Mark chapter 1. It says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, the gospel of God. This is it, all right? He's, he's described by the, the author Mark as he's preaching the gospel, and then he defines what that good news was. It is, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I can see you guys are like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> okay, so he, he, he comes on the scene and the gospel, the good news that Jesus preaches is the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Well, what about all the Jesus died for my sins on the cross and when I die I get to go to heaven and have eternal life? He didn't mention any of that stuff. Like, that's all true. And as you read the rest of the Gospels and you read the, the works of Paul, we understand that that is true and that is amazing and that is wonderful. But you can't ignore the fact that when the Bible says Mark, who knew Jesus and was with him during the ministry, when he said Jesus preached the Gospel, he didn't mention any of that. He didn't mention the cross. He didn't mention the sin. He didn't mention accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior. And he didn't mention anything about eternal life here. But the gospel according to Jesus as he preached is the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. See, as we, as we look at what Jesus is saying, we have to realize that the gospel is, yes, the truth of salvation and the cross and sin and the death of Christ and the resurrection, but it's more than that. It's more than this is what you have to believe to get to heaven. It's more than a ticket to heaven. For so many people, that is all the gospel is. This is how you can live after you die. This is how you get to heaven. It's not about now. It's just about what happens after you die. For so many people, the gospel is simply about getting my ticket to heaven. And we're going to talk a little bit later about why this is problematic, if that's all the gospel is to you. Because Jesus says the gospel is, the good news is, that the time has come and the kingdom of God has come near. The original word for gospel in Greek is the word euangelion, which basically means good news. But what's really interesting is that that word euangelion is actually not originally a religious word. It had nothing to do with religion or spirituality or rabbis or, or, or philosophers. It was a political word. It was the word used to describe the announcement of a new kingdom taking over. So evangelists were people who would go out and spread the news that there is a new king in town. It was a political word. So Jesus says, the good news, yes, when you die, you can go to heaven if you blood, but the good news is bigger and more than that. The good news is that the kingdom of God is near. 
And another translation of that, another way to translate is near is actually available to you. The good news is that the kingdom of God is now available to you. Ordinary people like you and me, farmers and artisans and servants and slaves. The kingdom, this new kingdom is available for you. That was the good news. Good news. Jesus came to proclaim that there is a new king in town, a new kingdom in town, a new way of life, a new culture, a new perspective, a new attitude that we can, be, that we can join in on. And we can live in this new kingdom that is so much different, so different compared to all the other kingdoms that we've seen on this planet and the one that we're living in now. It's completely Different. See, Jesus comes on the scene to tell us that a new kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is here. And in this kingdom, and this makes sense, right? Because have you ever wondered why does Jesus always talk about the kingdom? He's always like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, right? Almost all the parables, so many of the parables begin with what? The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like. Why? Because that kingdom coming to earth and being available to us, that was the good news. See, what I've realized is that that was the good news. The, the, the acceptance of, of Jesus' sacrifice and death and the resurrection and, and going to heaven, eternal life, that's all wonderful and that's all good news, but that's simply an extension of the real good news, which is that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come here is the good news now. At the end, the part of that good news is that we can go to heaven and live eternally with Jesus, but that's not the whole thing. The whole thing, according to Jesus, is that the kingdom of God has come near. And this kingdom is amazing is what Jesus explains. He explains it all throughout the Gospels. The kingdom of heaven is like, is like, is like, is like. And this is what he tells us. He says, in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, it's so different. It's, it's a kingdom where the powerful serve the weak. It's a kingdom where the wealthy and the rich and well-off give to the poor. It's a kingdom where the lonely and isolated are brought into community and brought into family. It's, it, it's, it's a kingdom where, where the sick, who are the physically sick and the emotionally sick are made whole. This is the kingdom of of God. It's a kingdom where the marginalized, the unpopular, the weird, the strange, the different are brought in, are included and invited and brought into community where they are loved and supported and cared for as much as or maybe more than the popular, the beautiful, the cool kids. He says, this is my kingdom. This is what my kingdom is like. And it's here now and it's available to you. He, he, he said it's a kingdom where the highest value of my kingdom is not production or productivity. It's not performance. The highest values of my kingdom is not how big your house is or how nice your car is or, or how nice your clothes are. The biggest, the biggest, the, the most important value in, in my, in this kingdom is, is not how you look in front of people and how you can progress your wealth, your status, it's not about your influence. It's not your power. That thing, that, those kinds of things don't matter in this kingdom. It matters a lot in this kingdom that we live in, yes. But in the new kingdom that I'm bringing and is available to you, that stuff doesn't matter. In, in my kingdom, in the new kingdom, in God's kingdom, the highest value is agape love. It's not all that other stuff that you guys are running around and running after. That's why he says pagans run after these things and look after things. It's not about that. In this new kingdom, 
It's about love. And love as Jesus described, which is agape love, which is defined and described as compassion and generosity and peace. These are the highest values in my kingdom, where the last are first and the first are last. So in my kingdom, in, in the new kingdom that is available to you, you no longer have to compare yourself to other people. In the old kingdom, you did, because that was the highest value, looking good, being better, being on top, being, having more than other people. That's what made you feel good in that kingdom. But in the new kingdom, you no longer have to compare yourself to anyone else. In the new kingdom, in this kingdom, you don't have to be motivated by how you look in front of other people. You don't have to be motivated by fear anymore and trying to get enough and gather enough so that you're going to be okay. You don't have to worry about that in the new kingdom, in the kingdom that I have made now available for you. You don't have to try and strive to be more and do more and produce more and have more and get more. Because in this kingdom, we don't care about that. There's no more keeping up with the Joneses. There's no more pressure in this kingdom that is defined by love. You don't have to worry about that. In this kingdom, you don't, have to, you don't have to fight to be right so that you can be validated. In this kingdom, it's about love and peace, understanding and generosity. So like, as I thought about this, man, basically everything that the world is right now, the kingdom is the opposite of that. Like all the junk, right? Come on, let's be honest. You, you, I think we all feel that. No matter what side of the, of the spectrum you're on, whether, no matter what size of the conviction or the belief or the stance or the ideology you're on, everyone, the one thing we can all agree on, right, is this world is messed up. And there's major problems here. And the kingdom of God is the opposite of all of that. So don't tell me that this isn't good news. This is good news that the kingdom of God that is completely different than any other kingdom, that is completely different than the kingdom we live in right now that is so messed up, the kingdom of God is here. It is near and it is available to you now. Now, now, not when you die, now, today, this afternoon. That kingdom, we can be in it now. That is good news. See, the good news is not just about what happens to us when we die, what happens in the afterlife. No, the good news is about the kingdom of God is here now. And it's so much bigger and it's so much better than we could have ever imagined. It's a kingdom where we can now live in that agape love and we can live practicing and sharing and giving that agape love. 
Right, like that's so beautiful. Like the word picture that Isaiah gives us, the prophet Isaiah, who is kind of the, the Old Testament prophet who really, who really predicted the gospel and the good news. This is the word picture. I love this word picture. He says, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Isn't that a really awesome word picture? All their weapons, they turn them into farming equipment because there's no need to fight anymore. There's no division anymore. There's no conflict anymore. We are at peace and we're safe. So just take your spear and turn it into a shovel because you're not going to need it anymore. That's the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. The, 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 uh, Jesus said it like this to the Pharisees. He kind of made the similar point. He told them this. He said in John chapter 5, You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. In other words, if all you care about is your ticket to heaven, that where you go after you die, if that's all you're worried about, you're missing the picture completely because all of that, the good news, is all about me and the kingdom that I am bringing and making available to you. When we limit, when we edit the gospel to simply be about what happens after I die, which again is true and it's wonderful and there's hope in that, yes, but if we limit and edit the gospel to simply about what happens to me after I die, what we end up doing is you, you limit the power and the goodness of the good news. The gospel loses its power if all it is is a ticket to heaven. And some of you have experienced this and some of you know this. I've talked to some people who talk about kind of their faith journey and how they're struggling in their faith. And here's, here's, here's a harsh word for you guys. And I always, like to, I always like to like prepare you guys before I say some harsh stuff. If you feel your faith is weak, it's probably because it's all about getting to heaven. If you've ever felt like, why is my faith not as strong as that person? Why do I struggle? Why, do I, why, why is my faith not like I would, what I'd like it to be? How come it's not passionate and how come it doesn't change my life? And how come it's just like this thing? It's probably because you've limited the gospel and you've reduced the gospel down to a ticket to heaven. Because what theologians have said is when you do that, your faith becomes about sin management. Think about that for a moment. Is that what your life is like? Is that what your faith is like? I just need to do enough to get to heaven. I just need to do the bare minimum. Like in this life, I just want to do, I don't want to do all the stuff. Like, I don't want to really be a disciple. I don't want to follow Jesus. But I just got to do enough so that when I die, I'll make it to heaven. You will never have a vibrant, flourishing, passionate faith if that's how you think. And I know that's harsh. But I've experienced it for myself. In fact, there are people, and I'm one of them, like I said, when, when my faith 
when my faith became less about what happens to me after I die and more about the life I live following Jesus now, my faith grew stronger. There are people who have said, when I began to realize that it's not even about heaven anymore, that heaven might not even exist, and I would be okay living my life as a Christian, their faith exploded when we took that out of the picture. And I'm not saying that it's wonderful. I'm not saying that it's not wonderful. I'm not saying that heaven is not going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. And I'm excited to go there, and I want everyone to be there, and I want you to be there, and it's okay to be excited about it. But if that's all your faith is, is a ticket to heaven... You will never develop a strong, passionate, mature faith. Because that's what Jesus said. You search the scriptures because you're trying to find eternal life. Guess what? It's all about, it's all about me. So like this, is, this is an amazing concept. When, when my mind, when, when God showed this to me that the gospel is so much more than what happens to me after I die, that it's about the kingdom of God, the wonderful, beautiful, amazing kingdom of God that is available and near to me now, today, that is the opposite of everything we're seeing right now, I found it to actually be good news. And I'm hoping that you're seeing that as well too. You see, as some speakers have said, I didn't make this up, but I kind of like this kind of fun saying here that, that the good news is less about getting you into heaven and more about getting heaven into you. That the good news is less about what happens after you die and about Jesus entering into your life and you living in the kingdom of God today, now. And so as we, as we, as we conclude today, as I said, this whole series is not about this series. It's about what happens in October. And it's about spreading this, this news and sharing this good news, the gospel truth, in kind of a unique way to people who are in need, who may not ever step foot in a church. What I want you and me and all of us to understand that the good news is actually good news. And actually the ability and the opportunity to share that good news is also good news. Because it's the good news that the kingdom of God, a kingdom unlike any other kingdom, with a king unlike any other king, is here and we can live differently, we can think differently, we can be healed and changed from the inside out. That things don't change because of coercion and shame, but because of love. I want to share that good news. And so as I said, there's going to be things that, that I'm going to ask of you that, again, I don't know if you're going to do it. Many of you won't. But as we, as we look towards October, and I share next week a very specific thing that I'm going to ask you guys to do, and the week after that, I realized something last, yesterday. All right, the goal of this message, right, is to, like, get you inspired, help you understand the beauty of the good news, but also inspire you to be wanting to share the good news, right? That's what I was thinking about, and that was, like, the goal, and I was praying. And so yesterday I was praying, and then I had one of those moments where God kind of, like, gives me an idea, and I'm like, no, God, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't know if you guys have those moments where you're praying, and God says, this is what I want you to do, and you're like, oh, I wish I didn't pray today. I had that moment. And in that moment, God brought me back to a couple months ago in this church on this stage. A couple months ago, uh, when we had our revival weekend, one of our members, it was Kevin, he shared his testimony. Do you guys remember that? He shared his testimony. 
And I went back and I watched the testimony and I heard it. Don't worry, Kevin, I'm not asking you to do anything. You're actually the only one person off the hook, right? But what God was telling me is like, Chris, if you want people to be inspired to share the good news, there is nothing more inspiring about the good news than hearing stories of how the good news have changed people's lives. And he said, remember Kevin? And I was like, oh yeah, that was amazing. And so here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. This is the thing that I'm going to ask you guys to do. And I'm going to not do what I normally would do. As we're ramping up and preparing for this kind of evangelistic effort to share the gospel with the world, if you, if your life has been changed by the gospel and the good news, I want you to share that with the church. And I'm not going to go around and individually ask anyone. I'm not going to like, hey, can you do it? Hey, can you do it? I think the, I think the good news has changed you. Can, I, can, can you share this story? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to cast it like a net. If you feel like the gospel or the good news has changed your life, find me and talk to me. And I want you to share your story. So I want each sermon of this series, which is actually only two after this, to also have someone sharing a story of how Jesus and the gospel has changed their life. Because that is going to inspire us more than anything I could ever say. Is when we see our families and friends' lives being changed by the gospel. There's power in the gospel. And if you think about what Kevin shared with us a couple months ago, he talked about his fear of not having enough. He talked about his fear of always wanting more. And he's always trying to strive and get more. And how he no longer had that fear. That had nothing to do with going to heaven when he died. It had everything to do with the kingdom of God now in this moment filling up his life and how that changed him. And that's what we got to understand. The beauty and power of the gospel is in the kingdom of God here, now, available today. So if you have a story, if you feel like the gospel, the good news has changed your life, please talk to me. If nobody talks to me, we're not going to have any testimonies. That's fine. We can, just, we can just not have that. That's okay. But if you feel compelled and you want to share that story, come talk to me. Because I think God has given you that story because he wants you to share it with somebody else. So as we close today, as we end this, end this message, our first part of some good news, this is what I want you to understand. And this is why I want you to understand is because the good news is actually good news and sharing the good news is also good news. The kingdom of God has come near and is available to you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for this really challenging message for me and, and, and this season of our church that you have brought us to. Father, I really believe that you have called us to look outwardly to look at those in need, to, to look beyond the walls of our church, God. And Father, I know that it's scary to preach the gospel or do evangelism or whatever we're going to call it, God. But Lord, at least for me, when, when I realize that the gospel is so much more than what I thought it was, the good news became really good news. So God, I just ask, Lord, that you would lead us to take steps in the kingdom. That our hope not be in that one day we did enough so that we can be in heaven and make it to heaven, but that our hope is in living in the kingdom of God here and now until the day we die. Lord Jesus, please guide our church, bless everyone who have heard this message, whether in this room or online. 
And Father God, I pray, Lord, for the opportunity to share this good news with others. And I pray for those opportunities for our members here as well. Thank you, God, for the gospel. Thank you for the kingdom. In your name we pray.